seen that. My name's Charles. I'm Wilson. I'm Crosswind. And this week we have a special guest, my wife, Lizzie. Hi. Hi, Lizzie. Hi. And uh, <laughs> on this show, we expose and admit to gaps in our film catalogs. And we seek to fill those gaps and uh, analyze these movies from a more modern perspective. Um, so, Crossman, you chose the movie this week. Yeah, I chose the 1988 film, Cocktail, starring Tom Cruise and some 80s actors. Uh, <laughs> Cocktail is a doozy. I want you to hit on every plot beat, okay. every single thing, and make sure you explain it in a way that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> Which is more than the movie could do. <laughs> this is a three-act movie, generally. Uh, yeah. It's a classic structure. <laughs> yes. The movie starts with Tom Cruise coming back from the military, uh, and he comes back to his uncle uncle's bar in New York, and his uncle says that he can get him like a union job or something, and uh, Tom Cruise is like, nah, I'm gonna make it big in the city, and he looks out at Manhattan from Queens, <laughs> and, uh, he uh, goes for it. So he tries to join what I assume are a bunch of like investment banking or advertising yes, firms, yes, like sir. real 80s jobs. He gets turned down from all of them. He decides to go to college, and while he's uh, working, he starts classes and then gets a job at a bar. Um, the bartender is a guy named Rick, right? Doug. Doug. <laughs> really close. <laughs> Doug Coughlin. Played by Brian Brown, who I keep mistaking for Charles Dance. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing. Uh, he's like, if you stick with me, kid, you'll go far, kind of talk, and like trains about on being a bartender. He has a very tough first night, but uh, is able to sort of like find a rapport with the staff and becomes like... The best bartender in the world. The best bartender <laughs> in the world. Um, Doug and our, and Tom Cruise uh, get a job at like a really cool 80s club that looks like a jail. Uh, <laughs> Very appropriate for the 80s. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise uh, finds a girlfriend um, and then at the sort of like pivotal moment in the first act uh, we learn that Doug has stolen Tom Cruise's girlfriend uh, and Tom Cruise had sort of like previously decided to go to Jamaica to make it big down in Jamaica, uh, make a lot of money there and then like bring that money back and like start a bar in New York. Uh, now that his like friendship has been destroyed by Doug, he goes to Jamaica on his own to like seek his fortune on his own. Um, so now we're in act two. This yeah. is act two. Yes. Okay. So that's like the first, what, 35 minutes of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Right this there. is a masterclass in summary. <laughs> yes. Um, act two is Jamaica. Uh, we find Tom Cruise just at a beach bar at a sandals like resort, and um, Doug shows up at the <laughs> yeah. resort, having found a new girlfriend who is rich and is just being like bankrolled by a new this, wife. This he's new wife. Yeah, yeah he's married. He's married. Yes, yeah. um, and she's like bankrolling his like high flying lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and three years have passed. I, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he'd been bartending in Jamaica yeah. for three years. For a while, yeah. yes. Um, Tom Cruise meets this woman who's on vacation, and they kind of fall, they fall in love uh, over a few days and kind of, like, go swimming and horseback riding. Ball and, yeah. yeah. 
at this point, the movie turns into like a sex romp. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, a lot of like back nudity and a few out. butts. Yeah, some butts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's an ad for Jamaica at this point. Like, yes. really, it's just like a it's tourism ad. Sandals, sandals Resort. Resort. Yeah. yeah. Sandals Resort ad, essentially, yes. at this point. Um, Doug, uh, he runs into Doug again at the, at his Sandals bar, and Doug says that, like, oh, you can't, like, bet any woman, and he, like, bets that he, like, can't bet this other woman. Can't bet a rich woman. Your rich woman, yes. Because uh, Doug is, like, the only way out is to... Marry rich. Marry rich. So Tom Cruise does very easily, uh, <laughs> um, but as he's kind of like uh, going to bang this rich woman, uh, his girlfriend or the, the woman that he's like kind of fallen in love with, like his one-week beach girlfriend, <laughs> yes. yeah, Elizabeth Shue, um, sees him, uh, like, and she gets like really upset about this and just dis- disappears. Um, that's kind of the end of Act Two. Uh, Tom Cruise like. She, like, goes missing, and Tom Cruise, like, looks for her, and then it turns out she's, like, returned to New York early out of off of her vacation because she's, like, so upset about what's transpired. There's so much more yeah. left. Yeah, actually, you're right. Like, yeah. We're only two-thirds of the There's way in. There's so much more. So, act three is uh, we're back in New York, and Tom Cruise is kind of, like, looking for the love of his life. Uh, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Um, he had learned that she was a server at like a very classic New York diner. Um, so he like goes to the diner and tries to like track her down. She's very mad at him. Um, so he like stalks her for a while. And then he goes to her apartment. Uh, at her apartment, she reveals that she's pregnant. And uh, it's his. yeah, it's his. And it's like a, it's a <laughs> big shock. And, <laughs> Um, and Tom Cruise sort of decides that he like needs to like marry this woman to make it right, um, and she like really doesn't like him because it's the nineteen um, thirties. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it turns out her parents are actually really rich. Oh. I love that she was secretly rich. Yes. Twist upon twist. This, this artist is with <laughs> rich parents. Oh, secretly my. rich. So she has a huge loft. Yeah. Um, he goes to her parents' penthouse and to like ask for her hand in marriage and her father like tries to pay him off just to like disappear. Then he runs into Doug again and it turns out Doug is running like the swingiest club (laughs) in New York. Um, But Doug doesn't know how to run a business very well and because of his debts, uh, kills himself. (laughs) Out of fucking nowhere. Out of nowhere. In the belly of a ship. (laughs) Yes. And then... Tom Cruise goes back to her parents' uh, penthouse and breaks in, and then she appears at that time, and it, she learns that her father tried to pay Tom Cruise off, and she's really upset at her parents now, so they run away, and then Tom Cruise starts a TGI Fridays, <laughs> or he's working at a TGI Fridays, and then he finagles that into a bar called Cocktails and Dreams, which was the plan that he had had with Doug way back from Act 1. Yeah, Um, five years ago. 
Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that makes it sound much more coherent than it actually is. Uh, which it is not. Which it is not. So, uh, Lizzie, you have watched a lot of not all, I think, but a lot of the movies that we've done for this show yes. with Crossman. Big fan of the show, friend of the show. Right. <laughs> None of them have moved you to make commentary. Until cocktail, I was so, I was moved. I, I, what was it? What was it about cocktail that made you break your silence here? I mean, besides like the bottle work, <laughs> that was it. That um, I mean, honestly, I I'm so grateful to be here because I have very complicated feelings about Tom Cruise, and not a lot of like venues where I can discuss those feelings. Describe this is so one. This is it. Okay, it's like equal parts hatred. And fascination, and a little bit. I'll just make this into a, a cocktail for you. A hey. dash of like <laughs> admiration, and like a twist of instinctual fear for my personal safety. Mm -hmm. And then you just like stir that with a big bar spoon for twenty years. <laughs> and and that's, you get a Mission Impossible. That's, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's how I feel about Tom Cruise. I'm like, I'm so fascinated. I just, I want to always watch him, but I hate him so much. He's but a I, weird I dude. can't stop sipping that drink. Well, and this is a good movie for that because it runs entirely on Tom Cruise's Oh, charisma. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's that is a all it has going cruise for vehicle, it. Yes. For sure. <laughs> cruise vehicle. Yeah, like the whole way going through, I was telling myself, like, this plot doesn't make any fucking sense, but yet I'm still extremely entertained. <laughs> right. And it's 100% Tom Cruise. Like, yep. I actually loved the beginning of the movie. The yeah. first act, like the whole beginning New York sure. part, I loved. I was like so into it and I wanted that to be the whole movie. The kind of making it a New York story. Yeah. yeah and like and becoming a, an awesome bartender and that kind of thing. Right, like totally. the, the rising up. Yeah, very classic uh, rise and fall type of thing. It's a nice like 80s time capsule too. Yeah. Lots yeah. Of, like big suits and. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Bad interior decorating. Oh yeah. It's so bad. The, the Fridays, when it's revealed that it's like a Friday, TJ Fridays. So I like, had no idea it was a Friday. Oh, TJ Fridays is like popping off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and they definitely don't serve all those drinks at TGI Fridays. They do at Tom's TGI yeah. Fridays. I, like, I could do like 20 minutes on the drinks. Um, so they're all like very sexual. So he's like oh, yeah. learning the, the cocktails, they're all like, Orgasm. And, uh, <laughs> yes. They're like, where's the my beach? dick gun? This isn't what I ordered. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're um, all like, kind of like corny sexual. There like, was one called Mother's. Oh my God, what was it called? It was like Mother's Hatred or something. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like mother's Fury. They kept, coming back. Oh my God. they kept coming back to the pink squirrel too. That, that came up a bunch, which is a real drink. I had to look that one up. What's in it? A bunch of sugar. Okay. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, Doug always had the red eye, which looked kind of awful. Yeah, is that a real drink? It looked like a Bloody red Mary a with drink. an egg in it. Yeah. yeah. With a raw yeah. egg in it. It's a real yeah. drink. I mean, nobody yeah. ordered normal drinks in this. No one's like, I want a Manhattan or whatever. <laughs> That's all like no. crazy weird drinks. Except at the beginning when he doesn't know how to make a drink and someone orders something really basic. It was a rum and coke. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then he didn't know how to that make it. That was my favorite part of the movie when he was like you bitch why didn't you just tell me it was a rum and coke and then later he's like hey i'm sorry so and she was like why i am a bitch i was like that's the best fucking part of the no small roles yeah. at all that whole rapport is great yeah and if that you're right if that had been the movie 
instead of all the nonsense that yeah. happens in the last yeah. two thirds. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Just interacting with the characters in the bar right. and all that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're also like, they're not just bartenders, they're like trick bartenders. <laughs> Right, uh, which I'm not convinced is a real thing. Like, is there any place that they does would never that? do? That. If it is, it would be incredibly annoying. Yes, because they take fucking forever to get your drink. And and they're the only two, <laughs> when they like get the club job, they're the only two bartenders for like. Yes, I thought of this too. Like a thousand people. No, it's yeah. a, as Nobody someone who has worked in the restaurant industry, absolutely. Yeah. No way <laughs> would that be yes. feasible at all. It takes both of them to make one drink, and it takes twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. And their audience is like. Wow, like they're like wide eyed, like, holy, like, look at this. And all they're doing is like spinning bottles around. Yeah, and they're they drop stuff behind their backs. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I mean, it looked cool. I'll give them that. Yeah, I think it looks really cool, right? But I'm also thinking the entire time, like, okay, I want my. I want my drink yeah, now. Yeah, of course. You yeah. need like another bartender that's actually making the drinks, <laughs> yeah, and then you have like the showman. <laughs> no, it's to me, it's like the same as like someone who's like really good at yo-yo, where it's like, <laughs> where it's like. Yeah, you you did that. Yep. It impresses right. you to the like, same degree. Yeah, you got like a thousand hours into yo-yo, and this is this is where you're at with it. You did the thing, and that's what it felt like to me. Right. Um, and I've neglected to mention that they're poets, like yes. really bad poets. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, that pa- whole thing was whack. Part of their performance at each of the bars is to like stand up on the bar and like do poetry yeah they're, they, and it's excruciating they forecasted veto yeah. well yeah. everybody in the was york, enthralled by it too yeah. yeah in the new york club it's weird because like this random guest in the bar gets up and does a poem <laughs> yes and then like the the whole crowd is like more poems more <laughs> poems like can you so, imagine the thing that happened <laughs> Hottest club. <laughs> yes. it's, it's Improv a, poetry. It's Everybody's just like sketch. jonesing for poetry. Yeah. This yes. like hot New York club. Yeah, bottles flying everywhere and people yelling poetry <laughs> they made up on the bar. Absolutely <laughs> excruciating to listen to. Yes, they were uh, all bad. And it's all like just rhymes of drink names and again like overly sexual. Yeah, and all just like it's simple rhyming. Like, isn't this outrageous? Yeah. And it's. Like, and Tom Cruise no. is supposed to be like inventing this in the moment. Yeah, there's like no other evidence that we have to suggest that he's like an amazing uh, linguist, or, or that he's even very smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no evidence of that either. We do know that he has like a good heart though, because like when he goes to class, the professor is like a total dick to everybody. Right. And Tom Cruise like kind of stands up for this woman. Who's, I liked that scene. Who's a lot. like just trying to get by and like take whatever at class from this asshole. Yeah. And he, he like goes out of his way to like stand up for her, right? And he suffers for it. Like there's a punishment for him doing that, yeah. which is you know like there are stakes to it. Yes. Unfortunately, that is one of many plot lines in this movie that's totally dropped. Yes. <laughs> like, well, he failed out. He I guess make it. Like, is that, <laughs> so now he has to he be a bartender, have, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I guess that's what happened there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. In that scene, they bring up he's like, I want to franchise the concept of a New York bar. And like franchise and whatever. Like I wish that they had followed that plot line. Yes. Because that would have been so fun and cool to like yeah. see the journey of like trying to start a business and like. Yeah, instead, they imply that that's what's going to happen after the movie's over. So, like, <laughs> yeah. That should be your exactly. movie. Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, it should have been the movie. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And like there's like it, it, and like you don't need so much stuff to happen in your film, right? Like especially when Tom Cruise is in your movie, like he can carry a lot here. <laughs> Like, you don't need as much plot as this yeah, movie had. Yeah, certainly not. So I, I told Lizzie this theory that I think makes the movie make more sense. 
Okay. And my theory is Doug, his like mentor slash the like driver of a lot of like the things that happen in the movie. The movie makes sense if Doug is actually Satan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Satan kills himself at the end of the movie? Because Doug, Doug's ideas are all like the worst possible thing <laughs> yes. you could do. That's true. Yeah. And, and he does appear strangely and yeah. unexplicably yes. in Jamaica. And then yeah. later on in New York <laughs> again. Yeah. 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 And it's unclear if Doug can be seen by more than a few people in the film. Right. <laughs> so he, he talks. Yeah. yeah, he talks to Tom Cruise. Oh he talks God. to yeah. the woman that he ends up marrying. Yeah, um, he's able to like entice women. Right. And, that was a really yeah. weird scene where he f first shows up in Jamaica because Tom Cruise had been talking with Elizabeth Shue for a little while and they've been like building a connection. Yes. Then he shows up and they talk to each other like she doesn't exist and she's just kind of sitting there like kind of making faces the whole time. Exactly. I felt bad for her because yeah. it's it like was a really awkward situation to be in. She couldn't, can't see Doug. It was quite yeah. rude. Yes. Well, she she like didn't like him right away. Which she is, was like reacting really negatively. Really yeah, he's yeah. a total fucking weirdo and a creep. She seemed like the most normal character in the whole movie. By a mile. She was so normal. And everyone else was so like, I'm in an 80s movie. But she was just like <laughs> yeah. being a normal actress. And yeah. It was so out of place. It was yes. weird. She is like the direct victim of like all of Doug's like machinations. Yeah. Machinations. Yes. For sure. Uh, like her life is like ruined by Doug telling Tom Cruise to like do stuff. Yeah, although <laughs> she ends up like married to Tom Cruise with this kid. Twins, right? That's what Again, her life is ruined by. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey. Probably like never speaking to her family again. That's yes. true. Yes. Yeah, kind yeah. of her rich family that would have like bankrolled her. Her only entire... source of income is this wacky bartender guy. Yeah. Who now owns this bar, I guess. Didn't he yeah. end up getting stuff from Doug? Wasn't there something like I don't remember. I don't remember if, so he, many... if he got money yeah, to how fund did he this get the money? bar thing. Yeah, that or if it was actually just the Jamaica money Maybe it that was. he kept. I don't think it's ever explained how he starts his bar. Oh, no, the uncle. Years. The Uncle Pat was like, ah, oh, yeah, I took yeah. out a loan. Yeah. Oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> that was a very it's good like, Is that how money works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, Doug, I think, is Satan. Okay. Because, like, all of his suggestions are terrible. And right. He, like, he comes in, he steals Tom Cruise's girlfriend... I don't, uh, to like prove a point or yeah. something. Just like. yeah. He was trying to prove that she wasn't really into him in any deeper way, and I guess he was right. Right, but still. Like, it's yeah, a weird a, way to do it. It's a way to do it if he's your friend. If yeah. he's yeah. Satan, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing that didn't make sense to me, because like the, the, that first act when they're in New York for the, the, at the beginning of the movie, like how long of a period is that? It must be like less than a semester in school. Because he doesn't make it to the end. At yeah, least, like six months. Yeah, he picks up bartending pretty fast. Right. So like that between means, two scenes. Right. So he, yeah. that means that so he's buddies with Doug for a few months, and then well, he's roommates with Doug. Ro right. And yeah. then they leave. Then he, they have the falling out, and he leaves and goes to Jamaica yes. for three years. Yeah. How do we get three years? He said that. He said it it's been like, three years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a throwaway line, which is insane because it's like... It's <laughs> very important. We can't track the timeline. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah. there is definitely Wait, a line. Did they, not, did they not have like a three years later like time no, card? It's no. literally a throwaway line from Damn. from Doug. He's, no, they just like show up in Jamaica, although there is like a Jamaica like 
song. There's like a music Kokomo. key that it's yeah, Kokomo. Kokomo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so my but my point is, so then three years have passed. Yes. They've known each other a handful of months. It ended badly, and now they're really good buddies when they just happen to run into each other again in Jamaica three years later, and he never mentions that like he torpedoed this girl that he cares about. Like, what? Like, I guess it's just water under the bridge. I guess so. And the, But why are they good friends now? And Unless he... Yeah, that was weird. I mean, they weird. had something special. Yeah, they sure. were a good team. They were, yeah. That, that And that's it. Like, that's what the movie relies on. Yeah. Just, they were, they they were, were like drift a, compatible behind the bar. Yeah, <laughs> something. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, so I guess that's, that's this relationship now. That's how this works. Utter nonsense. I honestly think that the person who wrote The Devil's Advocate watched this movie and was like inspired by it. Yeah. The Devil's Advocate is a better movie than this movie. <laughs> it stars Keanu Reeves. It's great. it's great. Well, and Al Pacino. Have you seen? Have either of you seen The Devil's Advocate? Years ago. It's great. It's uh, Al Pacino plays an attorney who is also Satan. Oh. And he tries to seduce Keanu Reeves to the hell or whatever. Love it. Yeah. It's a cute pun. Yeah. So devil's advocate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, so yeah, like th- uh, that. W- I, I realized that that's what the film was doing. That they were doing this three-year gap, essentially ignoring everything that happened between Doug and Tom Cruise, it, 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 except that they know each other and are basically friendly. It's like, what the hell is the first thirty-five minutes of this movie for? Yeah, <laughs> like totally. that either needs to be the entire movie yeah. or not in this movie at all. <laughs> and they did something else, and just like the. First, one of the early signals that this is really going to go off the, off the rails here. Yeah, when we got to Jamaica, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> was, I, I did not think we were going there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he said, Tom Cruise said. I think the movie started turning with the whole coral subplot. Yes. Mm-hmm. With we were talking about Gina before. Gershon, the, the, that's yeah. the girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's where it started to feel weird and loose and like like we didn't continue writing the movie we just let it run away yeah like i kept trying to like hold on to like the what what theme framework they were laying down early and it's like okay so it's like a weird anti-education movie yeah or like no maybe it's something about like 80s greed or no maybe it's about like (laughs) bringing yourself up by your bootstraps or something like that's what i got right like maybe it's something like like that mentorship I always saw it as yeah. the conflict between like materialism and like following your heart, and that's in there. That's but, like the main theme throughout the movie. But then they like. keep interjecting all these other things. Oh no, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> then they like took a crowbar and like tacked in this like relationship with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and this random beach with Gina Gershon, and then yeah. that ends, and she never comes back again. And then it's like, who the hell knows what this movie's about? And like, <laughs> then it's about nothing. I was so lost. Every time they like, the, the acts like started, I yeah. was like, what is happening yes. right now? Like, are we doing this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah, the, the craziest turn actually is like the back to New York. Oh, absolutely. Turn. Yeah. Because then he's like, at this point, he's like a bad person, and I don't. Yeah, you don't like him anymore. I liked him in the beginning of the movie. Right, but I was like, rooting for him. He cheats on Elizabeth Shue for to, to win a dumb bet, and and doesn't yeah. do anything to like make up for it other than like dangerously like stalk her. Yes, yeah. at work, like, like harassing her at work. Yeah, when she's explicitly told him not to multiple times. Yeah, she dumps all the food on his head, and he's fine with this. Oh, and he maintains his relationship with the rich woman that he met in Jamaica. Oh yeah, I forgot about that whole subplot. Back Bonnie, to New York. yes, she's like trying to 
like dress him up to like join her firm. Right. And that does something. That does something. She's yes. like a, I think they're like an art gallery. No, I think I think she's a magazine person, but she's like a part of like New York High Society, so she goes sure. to like art galleries. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's when we yeah. learned that he like picks fights with strangers for no reason. With the, well, the, he was provoked. He, like, he fights yeah. a lot. He was provoked. He, yes, he this does. is what I'm saying. I'm scared of Tom Cruise. That's why he was introduced as uh, being in the military. Right. You know, he's going to beat the shit out of all these people yeah. throughout the movie. No, honestly, that scene when they're on the beach and in the love montage, when like <laughs> she accidentally like hurts him. Do you remember that? Yes. She like pushes him over and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like she like yeah, accidentally like really like knocks him over. I was like, oh my God, he's going to murder her. Does he, he he's going to murder she's her. Up and, like, he shoves her like really hard <laughs> yeah. into the water. I yeah, was it's, like, uh. It's kind yeah. of insane that that's the direction they decided to go with this character because it, it takes a lot to like overpower the natural like movie charisma that Tom Cruise <laughs> brings to a film. Yeah. And like you have to have him do some pretty insidious stuff. To like counteract that, and this movie did, and yeah. like that's not what the movie called for. <laughs> and doesn't so, he push over the the uh, elevator attendant he, at the apartment building? Yes, too? like violently fights his way into her like parents. <laughs> it's, a, it's an action house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's made up fist fights him. It's kind of like the end of the Graduate, where he like takes the crucifix and is like right, but that's like a the, joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a serious version of that, scene. right? And and, then, and like when when Dustin Hoffman does it, it like looks goofy because he's you know five feet tall. Yeah. When Tom Cruise does it, he is not he is five feet tall, but he isn't made to look five <laughs> feet tall. And yeah. so it becomes like weirdly imposing and upsetting. Yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise's strength is also like acting insane. Yes, yeah. like he is like his best when they're like. Tom, be insane be and crazy. As yeah. crazy so as possible. That's why he's so good in Tropic Thunder. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because and he, like, actually is insane. Uh, and Magnolia. Has anybody seen Magnolia? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Right, because uh -huh. he's, like, actually a crazy he's person. He's a nut. Yeah, and, like, he actually is in real life. So <laughs> that's why watched, he's so good at it. You just watched Interview with the Vampire, right? I did. And he's, yeah. he's pretty wacky in that, yeah. too. Because yeah. that's another role where they're like, you're insane, you're a villain, go. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great with that. Yeah, that, you're exactly right. And I think it's, like, part of it is that he is actually crazy. But and, and we talked about this when we talked about, or I talked about this when we talked about Top Gun a little while ago. Like, the sense that I get from Tom Cruise in his movies is that he really cares about me having a good time in mm -hmm. his movies, yes. right? Yes. And sometimes that just calls for him being a crazy dude. <laughs> and, like, because it is entertaining. And I think that that is what makes him so effective is like he, he genuinely cares about the movies he's in and that's great it's just that sometimes he's in cocktail that's <laughs> <laughs> that's so true and like you know he does his own stunts and stuff yeah. like i think that's part of it he's like very 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 committed Wait, did yeah. he flip the drinks then himself i, 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 don't know, <laughs> I didn't know if he was doing that here no maybe. he definitely did there are like close-up shots of him like flipping the bottle i think he did i'm sure he Spent like a month learning it. It wouldn't surprise me for at all yeah. if he did that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I had some other point I was going to make, but I, I lost it. Um, act three like really brings it home with the yes. like out of control. Oh, I remember. What, this movie. Doesn't he end up like hitting or pushing his older girlfriend at some point too? Like after the fight in the gallery. Oh yeah, I think she hits him and he hits her. Right, like there's some essentially domestic violence in, yeah. in that moment. Yeah, outside the gallery. Right, so and so it's really he makes like a big scene. He get like he gets really drunk, goes into the gallery, picks fights a fight the with artist. the guy. Yeah, uh, 
Because she like doesn't introduce him to anyone. Right. She's like treating him like a doormat. Yeah. Which is rude, but you know, and don't then fight he like, sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. He like breaks up with her outside the gallery. And and she's I very think that's upset where they like that. strike each other or something. Yeah, and she's really yeah. upset about this for some reason. After seeing him just like Well, she's like trying to save face amongst her like rich people scene. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the point is like the movie does all that stuff and then it's like, okay, now be on his side when he goes and pursues Elizabeth. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's like, it, I, I was not really sold on that. No, <laughs> not at all. And so that was a weird, it, weird point. It, it never really like realistically cements his relationship with Elizabeth Shue's character so that it would make sense for them to actually want to get together at the end when he goes and fights his way to her. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, because frankly, like, she's right. Like, this dude... Cheats on him immediately after their relationship begins, stalks her for a while, ignores all requests to leave her alone, breaks into her home twice, essentially, and they all uh, three times. Sure. She like stalks her to her apartment and then her parents' penthouse. She like right, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like breaks in <laughs> three times, yeah, and then like what the seventh or eighth or tenth time that he asks her to be with him, she says, "Okay, this time." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what it takes. Plus, they barely know each other. Yeah, I love how movies always do that, but this movie was like egregious. Like yes. they barely know each other. Yeah, and like the movie doesn't call attention to that at all. It's just we're supposed to understand that they should be together, yeah. and that's it. I mean, the only thing that would make sense would be like she gets an abortion and a restraining order. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Like and like as if her family wouldn't like have him arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Like, no yeah. way. Yeah. Like, also, you're in, like, a Manhattan apartment and you, like, punch a doorman. <laughs> like, you're going to get arrested. Speaking of which, that doorman <laughs> threw down. Like, that dude was really ready to protect the gates. He was, yeah. He was yeah. very committed to his job. Takes that job very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. And he was, you know, kind of ripped. So, okay. They hired the right doorman in that case. They definitely did. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And that she gives up, like, essentially, like, contact with her family and all this money, essentially at the drop of a hat. And then she's like, I'm having twins. Twins. Oh, clap, clap, She's clap. like, bet I can spook you. <laughs> That's, like, the last line in the movie. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. Setting up a sequel. A sequel. Do you think that Cocktails. this is a shared universe with Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> well, he's a doctor and eyes wide shut. He went from bartender to yeah, doctor. Yeah, maybe he goes back to school. Yeah. Like, the chain doesn't work out. He goes get back his, to school. Gets his medical degree. He's in New York. He's, like, trying to go back to that New York high society. Uh-huh. So, is, and this, and is the Nicole Kidman and Elizabeth Hugh character the same person and she was just recast? I didn't think through or that. Did, yeah. <laughs> yes. He does have, like, a wife that he's very unsatisfied with, though. In and, eyes wide shut, and yeah. And a child, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's so, probably like a second marriage. So okay, but, so he, yeah. he breaks up with Elizabeth who and well, look at that, there's Nicole Kidman. Yeah, <laughs> how about that? Okay, and then he cheats on her and treats her poorly as well too. Okay, that makes sense. I think Crossman, you're you're just trying to come up with so many theories to because, make this movie because you make have sense. to make this movie make sense. You're like, there's got to be some explanation. <laughs> well, it is like the third act of this movie is in line with Eyes Wide Shut in that like Tom Cruise like is an asshole. And there are lots of like the very rich level of New York is like. Yeah. Have, have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? Uh, no. All right. 
It's it's so good, and it's, it makes Tom Cruise it. look really bad. Like his character makes him look like a total asshole. Yeah, but Is, intentionally. Right, yeah, right. Intentionally, intentionally. Yeah, it makes sense with the movie. Yeah, and it's good. But Is like, Top Gun a prequel to this movie? <laughs> yeah, there's his military. Going on from the military. Yeah, there you go. Because yeah. I was like, what military? Because like when he comes it's a back, trilogy, yeah. Uncle Pat is like, back from the wars. And you're like, what, what wars? wars? <laughs> yeah. It's like the 1990 88. something. 88. Yeah. Like, where, what, what, what no was he doing? No active military conflict. Yeah, unless he's like a secret agent or something. He just yeah. assassinated somebody. Yeah. yeah. Mission impossible. So. Back, yeah, back from the wars. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe this is like the, so Top Gun happens and the, the, the dark side sequel is Born on the Fourth of July, and like the light sequel is this one. Is right? this the one movie that connects all of the Tom Cruise co- movies? It holds them all together. Tom verse. It's a yeah into a cocktail. Of Whoa! Yeah. Wow. There we go. I got Illuminati. Um, oh, I wish I had a drink act, in front of me right now. Yeah. Act three when Doug kills himself, I was like, holy shit. Got yeah, dark. that was wild. Holy shit. Got dark. It, for a while, it looks like he's gonna get murdered by his wife. Yes, because his wife kind of like is clearly considering murdering Doug. Well, really? she tries. She, it does seem like it. Yeah, or to me, it seemed like it. Well, she certainly tries to cheat on Doug with yes. Tom. Yeah, and then Tom turns her down for you know. Oh, yeah, because right. he, he he's that. a good he's guy now. A yeah, person. he's a good guy now. And she's like, oh, I'm like over her, Doug. She doesn't like say it, but she's like, she basically like, says intonates that. that like yeah. Yeah. her relationship is over with. I mean, so when they find him dead, I'm like, did she kill Doug? <laughs> and it, but he like they find like a suicide note and yeah. right. And, uh, she probably on his that. houseboat. Yes. he's like on a houseboat and he kills himself because of his debts. Right, I guess. Well, it, the it, whole point it, of that is that his life's not all that it looks. Right, mm. money isn't solving his yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah like yeah, the exactly. facade of his life is like falling apart. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I didn't know. They they do this very fucked up thing, and all it does is teach Tom Cruise to marry this girl, to follow his heart. (laughs) Yes. He even says, like, my friend killed himself, and so I decided to come marry you. Therefore, I'm in love with you now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you're right. And Doug is just, he defeated evil, I guess, if if he's Satan. I don't know. This movie fits into a pretty weird spot in Tom Cruise's career. Because it fits between Rain Man and Born on the Fourth of July, which were both Oscar-nominated and, I believe, Oscar-winning movies. Mm. This came out the same year as Rain Man, which is, I think, one Best Picture that year. Really strange that he would make those. Like, this is post-Risky Business as well. Like, very strange that he would make these two great career choices with Born on the Fourth of July, (laughs) Rain Man. Like, it's setting Mm -hmm. himself up as, like, the serious movie star. And then also this movie. Like, yeah, I bet they were just like free vacation in Jamaica. Maybe like, if yeah. you do this, like you get a vacation. You get to hang out here for a few weeks, at, and I, it's like a you. sexy movie? Question I, mark. I guess right in a way that Rain Man and Born on the Fourth of <laughs> yeah. July. I don't think of Rain Man but, as hey, a sexy to, movie. Speak for yourself. Rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man gets me going. <laughs> so you know, maybe he wanted to appear more. Sexy. Maybe, yeah. It's like fun in a way that those movies aren't, but it felt like he's setting himself up to be like a serious movie star guy, right? right? Like he's doing prestige dramas. He's running after awards. Like he's like a a DiCaprio-style career, and he ends up with this clunker. And like I... 
I bet they shot this for very little, and I think it was successful when okay. it came out. So, like, sometimes you just, like, bang out movies like that. And this is pre-him being, like, only doing star vehicle movies. Right. Well, I mean, this yeah. is post-Risky Business, yeah. which is really his breakout role. Yes. Um, yeah, and we it, looked at that when we were yeah, which is good. Like, his IMDb. Yeah, Risky Business is a weirder movie than people give it credit for. Wait, was Risky Business before or after Top Gun? Before. Okay. It was like that was like people learned who Tom Cruise was because okay. of Risky Business. Yeah. But he like cements his career with Top Gun, which yeah. is just like enormous smash cultural change in yes. movies. And yeah. and then he does cocktail. And then he well then he yeah. did Rain Man, then he did cocktail. Yeah. And then he did Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Weird sequencing. Really really peculiar setup there. Um and I don't exactly know what to do with that other than to say that he has not had that many slip ups like this. Like most Tom Cruise movies are not like than the deer of you know film quality <laughs> that, that this one is like yeah. he, he doesn't you make have to that go many all the way to like the mummy the, movie yeah, only, yeah. The, only the mummy <laughs> like if you look at his career it's like this and the mummy are like the worst movies in there right and you kind of get why he would do the mummy right because he sees these film universes these cinematic universes yep. and he says yeah I want to get in on that yep. let's get a roll on that also like that was like blockbuster like makes a lot of money right that makes sense to me and I bet they're like you can do whatever you want you're yeah. the executive producer of this movie and we're going to turn the series around you right so I, I get why he would do that they had a meeting with like all the, the monster, monster people. universe people <laughs> And like the mummy was supposed to like be the launch of that series, right? And they had they had it all lined up, and <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're gonna see the rest Dead of the on series. Arrival. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, and, and you look at his career since then, and like when he's picked a franchise, it's been Mission Impossible, and they've yeah. been great, yeah. like mostly, right? Like when he's he's worked with great directors like Spielberg, like PTA, Ang Lee, right? yeah. yeah. So. This is a weird misstep for him. That's a, this, it, this is such a tragedy to me. Because, like I said before, I just, I loved the beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I was so into it. It's just like, it's just like a tragedy. I hate when you see stuff like this and you're like, oh, it could have been so good. And I loved the actor that played Doug. Brian I Brown. Yeah. I thought he was awesome. Like, there was just so much going for it. Yeah. It's just sad. Which might be why it, it kind of has had some staying power, right? Like the, yeah, the, the, like I people still hear about it these days. Yeah, people know this movie. They yeah, still like, like it. Passed by like a coffee shop that was themed after this. Show. We I would never have noticed until seeing this movie. But yeah, the sign of the bar, someone like took that logo and made a coffee version of it. Cocktails and dreams, like coffee and dreams, caffeine, <laughs> yeah. caffeine, caffeine and dreams, caffeine yeah. and dreams. <laughs> caffeine and, and I dreams. think it's because like. It, it, it is a time capsule. And, like, yeah. that aesthetic and that time in New York is, like, really cool and interesting. And also, like, bartending is, like, a romantic job, right? It's, like, yeah. a fun, interesting, like, thrilling kind of job. And I think people are, like, into that. So. I, I feel like the fixed version of this movie is Bright Lights, Big City. Because it's, like, it follows a similar trajectory where, like... Um, I think it's Michael J. Fox is the lead in that, but he like comes to the city, gets a, you know, a big publishing job, and he's like on the right track, and then he like gets into cocaine and like staying out all night and drinking, and like his life, his life just like falls apart, and and then the movie's about like kind of that, that. Yeah. right. So I, th I think there are two ways that you could like take the good beginning of this movie because I, I agree, Lizzie, that the, the beginning of this movie is solid and like lays 
totally reasonable foundation. Like, it does some wacko stuff, but whatever. Yeah. Like, I think you can do that. Like, have this dark story about, like, drug addiction or, like, the 80s and cocaine and, and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, Bright Light Speaks is, like, based on this guy's life. Right. The author's life. The other, I think the other direction you could take it is, like, have it be more like Cheers. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that you just, like, have, like, this ensemble cast and, like, you have that uh, waiter, waitress character who had the great del- delivery for the... Yeah, we needed more of her. Right, yeah. we needed more of her, and then it's and like the this... other wait staff, they were all great. Yeah. Right, like, and the people in the crowd that were just like random 80s rich people. Right, so treat it like an ensemble, <laughs> yeah. like an ensemble comedy as like these guys try to rise up the ranks in New York bartending. And yeah. like, or maybe something happens to the bar and they need to like do something to save it. Yeah, and you, yeah I mean, it's a very stock <laughs> totally. storyline, but it's better than this nonsense storyline. <laughs> and I think, that, yeah, like one of those two ways is like how you resuscitate this movie. Um, one of them or, calls. Or like you go to like the big club, like do that turn, realize that that's yeah, I like, liked yeah. that. Realize that's like a hollow lifestyle. And go back. Like, yes. And then go back to. And then you like, yeah. you go back to Uncle Pat and you're like, Uncle Pat, we're building a new bar in Queens called Cocktails and Dreams. Or, 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 or Uncle Pat has like a health crisis and he needs to like go back yeah, to the family yeah, yeah. He's and return like home. take the bar over. Yeah, right, totally, he has to raise a certain totally. amount of money make, to make it successful. Yeah, he has to leave his operation. flashy life. We, we've already life. written like four better plots. Honestly, yeah. like yeah. what? Off, off the cuff. Right. And, Hire and, us. And that's just it, like you have Tom Cruise in your movie and you can't go that wrong. Like it's it's hard to go that wrong. And we like we had enough characters. Yes. And then <laughs> and then so many more just like got piled on. Right. I kind of I kind of liked Gina Gershon in this movie, the Coral character, the first girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stick with her. And yeah. she disappears once the act two starts. Gone. Gone the movie again. Movie. Never shows yeah. up again. Yeah. Right. And and like she kind of fit the you know crazy person tone that this movie has because she seemed like a crazy person. Yeah. Let's have more of that. Let's like yeah. see what she has to offer us. Instead of was like, here's another girl, here's another girl, here's another girl. I think that was also really jarring too. This struck me when I was watching, because um, basically what happens is like, Doug asks um, Tom Cruise about like his relationship with Coral, and then the next thing you know, she's kissing Doug at the bar. Right. And she's like, "You shouldn't have spoken about our sex life." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what? and it's what? like, it, and like that's care? like her reason for like breaking up with him. But like I think like at that time. I guess it was more gauche to like speak about having a one night stand. I guess, and but so it like, wasn't. like they, they, yeah, I don't they know, were. but like, yeah. like and she they, like comes out to the street in a bed sheet to like see him. <laughs> and then what's so jarring is the literal next scene is when it turns out Doug has like had a relationship with her. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they had a relationship though. Yeah, I think she were, was just trying to piss him off. Yeah, by I, kissing yeah, I think that's Doug. Correct. I don't think they had a relationship. I think she was just like. You told Doug about our one night stand. Well, I'm then go make out. Yeah, it was like <laughs> weird. It, it clearly wasn't a one night stand because they like agree to go out somewhere, and yes. she's like, "Oh, yeah. so this is what it's like to be a bartender's girlfriend or something like that." Because yeah. she has to like, hang out. They had a relationship. There's yeah. a scene oh yeah, where but not back, with Doug. Not with Doug. There was a scene yeah. where they're back at his like dingy apartment, and she's like sitting on his lap. Right. And so right. I was like, that was quick. Yeah, it seems like they were like dating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then she was like, why are you talking about our one night stand? <laughs> it's it's like, so weird. So jarring. And she, and like the way they built that character up until that point, you know, she doesn't really seem like a girl that would mind that much if you talk about, <laughs> mention that you have had sex with her to your close friend. I mean, I think right. again, like for us today, it's like, we just are like, that's not an unreasonable yeah, thing the, to he, talk about, but yeah, it back then could. it was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that my dignity. Maybe what was going on there. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that was 
confounding. That was that was perplexing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's but speechless. I don't know either. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite cocktail to order at a bar? Old fashioned. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have a go-to. I like White Russians a lot. Those are good. Yeah, we Ooh. saw the Big Lebowski together, and I ordered a White Russian after that. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you have a go-to? Uh, margarita, probably. Yeah. Well, it depends on the bar. Yeah, that's true. You, you got to go to places that make if it good, Mark. Doug and <laughs> yeah. Flanagan, what's his name? Brian. Brian, Brian Flanagan. Flanagan are making your drink in tandem. So what you know you it's going to be the best. <laughs> yeah. They're the best in, in the it's city. It's going to take 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be but good. it'll be really good. It'll be, like, just made of sugar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just, certainly. What's that. yours? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would order a Long Island iced tea from them because there's, like, 20 <laughs> different liquors well, in it. And, it's a and I just want to see them throw, like, 20 bottles <laughs> yeah, at each other. But they admit that they, that they short pour for everyone because it's That's good for the true. bar. That's true. They're That's true. All yeah. the bar rescues, like... Yeah, do you guys watch Bar Rescue? I, I'm aware of it. I haven't seen no. it. Oh, it's a great show where basically it's, like, this older, like, New Yorker guy and, like, every episode he just it's goes Doug. to a bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's the ending I want. <laughs> Every episode he goes to like a bar that's like failing, uh-huh. and he's like walks in and he like does an assessment and he's like, "We had hidden cameras in your bar last night. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you were overpouring by hundred fifty percent." And they put like a chart on the screen, like a graphic, and they're like, "If you overpour by two shots on each drink every night, that is a million dollars a day." Or and then, like, inevitably a bartender gets fired and people no, are crying. But then at the end, they, like, revamp the whole bar and it's, like, cocktails and dreams and everybody's happy. Except they're not getting as much booze anymore. No. Okay. No, but, I mean, like, there is, like, an amount you're supposed to pour sure. per drink. The TGI Fridays in Maine that I've been to, like, they used to make Long Island iced teas. <laughs> so it is a thing. I remember there was a... I think it was the or Apple, Applebee's. Yeah, yeah, there was the Applebee's in Times Square. Dollar. Yes. Yeah. You could get what? like oh shit. You could get like dollar margaritas. Stop it. So for like now, a while. Tourists are just dying. A, lo- a lot of those chains don't do the those specials anymore. So like the na- like when you watch a commercial and the chain is like, you know, uh, shrimp fest Free <laughs> for, yes. for the next three months. Um, New York. New York ones like don't participate right but for I, I know for a while that specifically the new york or the times square i think it was applebee's had like dollar margaritas and like dollar bloody That's marys horrifying. or something yeah but there can't be that much alcohol in those who cares they're a dollar <laughs> like you can oh just my order God. Disgusting. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so gross this doesn't make dollar bloody marys would be awful insane. bloody marys are bad to begin you, with yeah did you have to drink two <laughs> It's just like your stomach lighting just gets disintegrated by yes. all that acid. Yeah. I ordered a margarita at a cheesecake factory recently. They serve alcohol there? Big mistake. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was too Christian. Well, it tasted like a Sprite, so. Great. Well, there you go. Okay, that sounds bad. With like salt in it. <laughs> oh, God. A salty Sprite. Nice salty Sprite. <laughs> Gross. Uh, all right. Um, any any closing thoughts on on cocktail, the movie? We, now that we've talked about the drink, this is. Uh, I mean, I know we just did this after on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but I think we just did like two of the most confusing movies we've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Congratulations, guys! Like back back to back, we've done. It's a weird time. Just 
bizarre movies. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I went to bat for Under Majesty's Secret Service, and I, I stand by that. Like, I thought yeah. that movie has merit, and like, there's good mm -hmm. things going on there. I cannot recommend this movie. Like, yeah. it's a, it's a hate watch movie. Like, if you, if that's all you want, if you want to just like sit down and like laugh at a movie for, I feel like four I'm hours the opposite. Okay, I would recommend this. Okay, movie. Good. explain why. And I'm really glad I saw it. Okay, Con because I of what I said before. It's like a t '80s time capsule, which is awesome. It's like shows how bartending can be like cool and fun, and the first like 30 minutes are great, and. Tom Cruise is a weirdo, so <laughs> see Cruise. it. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to recommend against Tom Cruise because I like Tom Cruise a lot. Like, I think that yeah. he's great. I think that he's good in most everything. I think he's good here. He's just in a bad movie. Um, that said, like, man, there's just... If you want Tom Cruise, there's like a million other Tom Cruise movies that you can go watch. If you want a movie about, like, bar and restaurant culture, watch Support the Girls, which came out mm -hmm. a couple years ago and was very good and I think is streaming on Hulu. Um, so, I don't know, like... I think it's a hate watch movie. I think if you're into that, like, go for it. But man, this is a tough one to say, like, yeah, go run out and watch. I mean, I don't think you should pay to watch it. I paid to watch it. <laughs> oh, I know we all did. I paid $4. <laughs> I think it should definitely be free. I, yes. It should be on the public record. Yeah, and maybe like on an airplane or right. like. Yeah. yeah, put this in the congressional library so it can be <laughs> preserved. It should act as like a warning for anybody coming to New York to try and be successful. <laughs> this is what, this will, is happen. what will happen. Yeah. You're gonna go to Jamaica for three years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not Tom Cruise, you're Doug. Oh, <laughs> you're, gonna no. up, you're gonna end up in the bottom of a ship. Jesus. No, it should be a warning to like screenwriters to be like, yes. this is how a great story can go awry. Yeah, how, yeah. how you can ruin the charisma of one of the biggest movie stars of all time. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what Cautionary you do. I, I was tale. still sold by his charisma, I couldn't help it. I was still entertained by the movie yeah. pretty thoroughly, so. He's likable for like the first like half of the movie. Yeah. yeah and then he just turns into like a giant asshole. Yeah, like Would you watch. recommend it, Charles? I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but Could I don't fun. regret having seen it. Yeah, I, thought I had a lot of fun. Again, if that's the standard, I mean, I guess I don't regret having seen it either. Um, and Because it's Tom Cruise and like it's fun to be around Tom Cruise. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm... Also like some great lines in this movie. Yeah. Take a drink whenever they're making a drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can make this such a fun drinking That's game. That's true. Every time there's a Coughlin's Law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a great movie to explain to people too. So it's like a good conversation <laughs> yeah. starter. It you takes know, like, have you ever, you ever seen Cocktail? Explain. And then the movie's take a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whenever the act changes, take a take shot. A, take a shot. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Take a drink whenever they make a stupid bet <laughs> on, on nothing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. chug yeah. your beer during poetry. Oh, one, oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. You're going to want to be drunk for those. Okay, yes. so the last point on Tom Cruise here. His low point as an actor in this movie was when he was supposed to be acting drunk. Yes, that's what I said. He cannot act drunk. When, <laughs> he was when so bad. Remember he falls, Doug falls down the subway stairs? Yes. And I was like, he's dead. Yes. Like, he broke his neck. Is that what yeah. happened? Yeah. And then he like gets up and he's like, God, uh, it's okay to fall downstairs. <laughs> right. But, you call oh, law. I forgot all yeah. about that. He has like all these laws of like bartending yes. that are like his philosophy. They're not just bartending, Crossman. They're laws about life. I life. Yeah. Yes. This is how you should wisdom. be and look, where, look where it got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dead on the bottom of a ship. But Tom, my sense is that Tom Cruise has never actually been drunk in his oh, entire fucking 100%. life. Oh, huh. like, 100%. I mean, he belongs to a cult. Yeah, so. totally implausible. All of his drunk acting, just utter gibberish. <laughs> like, it was like a middle schooler's idea of what drunkenness yeah. is.
Yeah, they're like singing a song, walking down the street. And right, he's like, and just like, oh, he's trying to act like he doesn't know the words. Right, and like stumbling, <laughs> but really just like not walking in a straight line. <laughs> like, and Doug is just like being normal. He's like, yeah. he's, Doug is drunk this whole time. Yeah, movie. he's dr <laughs> drunk the whole time. I he's love that line when drunk. he's yeah. like, drink or be gone. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, that was my last point about Tom Cruise. Um, in any event, uh, we'll be back in a moment with things we've seen. Stay tuned. All right, and we're back with things we've seen. Uh, Wilson, what did you see recently? Um, I saw Ready or Not, which Charles also saw. Yeah. Okay. We both uh, saw it this week. Yes, not together, but yeah, you know, at the same time. Um, so Ready or Not is kind of a horror movie. Uh, so the, the premise is that uh, Samara Weaving plays a bride that's being that is marrying into this very wealthy family. They, oh yeah, I've seen the trailers for this. They yeah. Look Kooky, like a horror comedy. Oh, yeah, it's great. It horror is a horror comedy. comedy. It's a horror. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I actually didn't expect it to be, like, notable at all, but then I saw that on Rotten Tomatoes it had, like, 90%, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll yeah. see this. Yeah, that's what I saw, too, and I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, so the, the gimmick is that she is, she's marrying into this wealthy family. She is not wealthy. She grew up in foster homes and things like that. Like Tom Cruise. <laughs> like Tom Cruise. <laughs> exactly like Tom Cruise. Um, and... Um, so there's like this class tension uh, in the marriage. It turns out that on the, the, the family tradition for this wealthy family is that on the wedding night, they, the, the bride or groom or the person entering into the family has to play a game, right? And the reason that they have to play a game is ostensibly because like this family made their fortune in game making, like they started out with playing cards and they moved on to board games and they eventually bought sports teams and like that's their empire. Um, but the real reason is that their great-great-grandfather or some shit made a deal with the devil and they have to, like, perform this ritual. They have to follow the rules of this mystery box. Right, they have to follow the rules of this mystery box. Um, most of the time, the, what the, game that, the game that the mystery box spits out is just, like, something innocuous, like checkers or backgammon or whatever. Yeah, they draw, like, a random card each right. time. But every once in a while, it's hide-and-seek. And what that means is that they have to kill, the family has to kill the person entering into the family. And like that blood oh, will geez. satiate <laughs> Satan's, ah. you know, lust or something. Um, this so, is like a terrifying Jumanji. <laughs> yes, actually there's a lot of parallels with Jumanji. Um, so of course the Samara Weaving character in this movie does in fact draw the hide and seek card and the family, you know, decides to hunt her down. Um, and she has to survive until dawn. And if, they, if she survives until dawn, she ostensibly is going to get away at this point. Something terrible will happen to the, the family. It's the most dangerous game. It's, it's the, the most dangerous game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a lot of that kind of stuff. stuff. Okay. Um, so it unfolds essentially as you would anticipate from there. Um, yeah. But it was funny. The lead performance from Samara Weaving is fantastic. She's just like holds this movie together. She's great. She's a really fun character. She, yeah, she's she's a blast to be around. A, 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 a really yeah, fun presence in this movie. She's a great contrast to like the stuffy wealthy family because yes. she's like, she's kind of coarse. Like has a personality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, and so the the primary messaging of this movie is that you know it is correct that the wealthy have made a deal with evil in order to maintain their wealth, and that they have to continue doing evil, and being born into that evil essentially spoils you from birth unless you take some drastic action to despoil yourself. Um, it was, I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. What'd you think? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know if it stacks up to the 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Uh, it's sort of in between that and like the 60 out of 100 Metacritic rating. There's sure. like a big discrepancy there. You can see that a lot of people like lean barely positive and that's what led to that 90% Rotten Tomatoes thing. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, it has a very clean look, pretty well shot. Um, like, I agree with you, I really like the lead's performance. Um, the different members of the family have some like fun moments as well because they're kind of kooky, like cartoonish characters. Mm -hmm. um, the premise is pretty wild and the movie really leans into it, um, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, some, some good scenes, some good tension. Yeah, I really liked the, um, the dumb sister character uh, uh -huh. because there's like the, the black sheep of the various siblings and children in this family and one of them keeps accidentally killing the help. Um, so yeah. she, like, she, it's they, a running joke. they like equip everybody with like ancient weaponry when they decide that it's the hide and seek game oh that they're gonna gosh. play. So one of them has crossbow, one of them has like a single six shooter gun, one of them has a, there's some, like a musket. An axe. It's an axe, like the, the, like the like overbearing icy oh, ant character. The battle axe, like actually has a battle axe. <laughs> this movie, and she ends up axing somebody. Um, so it's it's the the very inept sister, like keeps accidentally killing the help. But the messaging is very clearly like the first people to suffer at right. the hands of the wealthy yeah. are their workers. And you know here it is being literalized in this movie. Um, it's, it was really uh, very excellent and a, a tight ninety minutes. Like yeah. you get, it, it gets in and out. It does the thing that it wants to do, and like that's it. Well, when you have a concept film, that's like yeah. The closest you want to get to. Yeah. Right. But a lot of, uh, we've been seeing more and more of these like art house horror movies that are going bigger, right? So you have like Midsummer that was like two plus hours. Uh, Suspiria, big giant movie. Hereditary, big giant movie. Um, and, and it's good to see that we can still maintain like that art house style with like very clear concept, very clear metaphor and messaging, but like 90 minutes. Keep it Just short like and sweet. the invitation was like that. Yes, it was. Also a good movie. Also crystal clear messaging. Um, so yeah, I, I, Ready or Not's movie. I, bunch I, I of really it great moments too. It's very funny, mm -hmm. um, but I really like the moment where um, they're talking about how the kids should die too, or something like that. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Wait, but they're just kids. They don't do anything." And then they, they like pan to the kids, and the kids are like gleefully participating in, <laughs> in right. the proceedings. <laughs> right. It and sounds you, great. I so like people that. People talk about how like kids were just born into this life, and so they they shouldn't be like criticized for it right. or whatever, but like they're buying right into it. Yeah, like immediately. They're, they're like raised under this tradition. Ooh. There was another great scene I really like where <laughs> they're arguing over what counts as tradition or not, and <laughs> it like very quickly exposes how dumb and bullshit it is. And yes. They're arguing whether they want to use the video cameras right. or not. That was a fantastic like scene. The, they have all these rules about how they're supposed to play hide and seek, and one of the first ones they introduce is like, we have to play by the rules of like the 1800s or whatever when, when this game came about, so we can't use any cameras. And then like it gets harder, and they're like, "Well, okay, maybe we can turn the cameras on." <laughs> like, well, if Great Grandpa had cameras, he would have used them. Time, he totally would have yeah, used yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right? oh, that's yeah. So funny. Uh, so it's just like, the, yeah, the rich are just making shit up as they go. Yeah. Like they have no respect for anything other than their own, you know, enrichment and survival. Um, so it's easy recommend for me. I like it yeah. a lot. Uh, ready or not, great time. Lily. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, what do you guys see, either collectively uh, or individually? Yeah, we watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we were a little behind on this, but. The theater was full when we went. Really? Yeah. Okay. Where did you see it? Uh, in, you know, near our place at the mall. Also, okay. I have to mention that there were, like, sing single ticket holders on either side of us that were just, like, squirming around the whole movie. Why? What? <laughs> I don't know. Squirm, man. Maybe at the end, but not, not that much. The guy next to me, like, took off his jacket and put it back on, like, five times. 
Yeah. So, was he okay. squirming in, res in response to the movie or just like, no, like, just just like squirrely? Person. They couldn't. It's all still. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, Some Quentin Tarantino fans. <laughs> right. In the house. This is such a good movie. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked yeah. it. Like one of the best I've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, I loved not it. Not the best. Okay, wow. good. I loved it. Um, Continue. I, for the whole movie, was dreading the end because what's great about the film is you have this like great relationship between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio they're fine just them just kind of like fucking around LA is super fun I agree and um, but in the back of your head you're like this is gonna Tate's gonna get murdered it's yeah Sharon Tate who's great uh, played great by Margot Robbie yep. super likable and like she doesn't do anything wrong and you get to the end you're just like she doesn't deserve uh, this. Something's yeah. about to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then the turn of the movie of her not getting murdered and actually they murder the the uh, Manson family is awesome. <laughs> and even though it's like very gruesome, it's very funny. It's so funny. It is. Yeah. The, the fucking the flamethrower reveal. The oh end. my God, that was so funny. <laughs> oh God. And it's telegraphed so well, yes. too, where it's like they show it in the movie and then they show it in the shed. And then and they show it in the Glorious Bastards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's great. So you don't think like the, the over-the-top violence against women was too much? Or I, mean, I feel like if you have that perspective, you don't understand the movie. Yeah. I saw this stupid Forbes article. Of course, it's from really? Forbes. Like, why the <laughs> fuck is Forbes, Forbes even writing about this? But they were like, here are the top ten reasons that people like are angry about Quentin Tarantino's new movie. And I was like, okay, yeah. give me the top ten <laughs> reasons. And they Click were all baited. like so stupid. It was just like, I don't think that people like... Anyone who's making these criticisms just doesn't get the spirit of the movie really nice and the intention of the movie. Yeah. And the whole intention of the movie is like that cathartic like um, revenge or like vindication for something terrible that happened in real life. Like a woman getting murdered. Yeah, which yeah. is like what Quentin Tarantino has done in the past. And it's this really cathartic, awesome thing that like of like changing history mm -hmm. and like being like, well, what if this didn't happen? Or what if like we got the bad guys? And I actually think it's more sexist to be like, oh, you can't kill women because like mm -hmm. those women were the bad people in the movie. Well, and those. <laughs> Does like, that make sense? Yes. Well, it's not just that they got killed, it's like the way they got killed and how they kind of like revel in the brutality of it. I like, didn't. Listen, I am very sensitive to stuff like that. It uh, did not hit me that way at okay, all. And, and I think Sharon it's like Tate was worse. Yes, yeah, I think it's else. worse when people are like, Oh, well, you can't, like, they brutally murdered all three of them, and, like, yeah. one of them was a guy. I don't know, it didn't hit me like that at all, and I think that take is really weird. Well, and I think yeah. it, it kind of tracks with how much you know about the Manson murders, and I think that as your knowledge of the Manson murders increases, your sympathy with the ending of this movie increases, because, like... Yeah, that's the problem. I went in with no understanding of this, and so I didn't have that, like, perspective on the movie, yeah. and so, like... Because, yeah. like, you, they interviewed the people that actually perpetrated the Tate murders... It, a lot afterwards, and there was no remorse. Mm -hmm. there, they felt nothing. They were just like, I would, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't do it again. Well, it's and, a cult. They're like brainwashed and yeah. right, just like Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just just <laughs> like Tom Cruise, <laughs> identical. And and so when you see stuff like when you hear things like that from the people in real life, it's hard to feel bad for them. Right, it's hard to feel bad about a depiction of them getting getting slaughtered, right? And so I kind of get that. What I liked about the ending 
and like how it kind of stood in contrast to Inglorious Bastards and Django, because in, in those movies you, you saw the victims perpetrating the violence, right? Because there you had these Jewish soldiers, soldiers killing Hitler, right? Like that's how that movie ends. You have these, this former slave killing a bunch of slave owners in Django Unchained. This one, what you, you, don't, you pointedly don't have Sharon Tate killing anybody, right? Mm -hmm. She's barely aware of what's going on. What she is saved from is any kind of violence at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what I thought was such yeah, a, a beautiful true. point in this movie, right? Is that what, what she really wanted was not revenge, but just to be entirely apart from any of this. And she it's also like just funny it. that it's like just these random guys who yes. live next door. <laughs> and they're all high and drunk at the time. And it's supposed to be, they're supposed to be like versions of Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's such a, like a charming relationship. Burt Reynolds was supposed to be in this movie but then uh, died, unfortunately, right before yeah. they started filming. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 It, it is a shame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I like their relationship. I mean, they're both, like, kind of bad dudes, but also, like, complex dudes. And Leo and Brad Pitt are, like, mainstays. They are just... Yeah, I, wow. I, I said this last week, and I stand by it. I think this is my favorite DiCaprio performance, period. Mm -hmm. Like, in any movie. I think that I thought he was fantastic. He's great. He is, yeah. And it, it playing, seeing him play a loser, playing, seeing him play someone that's kind of down, like, at a low point in their life, mm -hmm. he, he killed it, and it's a departure for him. And it's kind of a brave choice for him. Yeah. Because he doesn't usually do that. He's usually the winner, right? Right. He's usually looking cool. And this kind of undercuts out. It's also an age-appropriate choice. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, I liked to, it's a, it's a small element of it, but they have this like Pacino producer guy that yeah. convinces DiCaprio to like do these westerns and gives him like pretty sound advice as to like where his career should go. And I think very easily it could have been like a send up of like that type of archetype mm -hmm. of like the kind of sleazebag movie producer. And it could have been a joke, but yeah, it's, it's played true. serious and he offers like good advice and the characters follow it. Yep. And it, like, it, it helps them and it helps their lives. That's kind of like, unexpected, I'll admit. Yeah, because when, when you see Pacino, you're like, oh, this is gonna be like a joke yeah. character. And it's it wasn't. I thought that was like, oh, there's a lot in mm -hmm. this movie here. Yeah. Also, the, the dread of when Brad Pitt is visiting the Manson family out what in the desert. Yeah. And like, they're like, Oh, is the old guy here? And he just like keeps getting closer and closer and closer to the old guy, and you're just like, ah, yeah. what the fuck is in there? I, I felt like that scene was too long. I, I oh, actually got bored with that scene. Mm. Yeah, I, I was I, like, why do I care about this? I, I I didn't hear, I didn't I didn't understand any of the length complaints about this movie. I I just wanted to be in this world for longer. Like I just wanted more and more. That probably makes sense though, because if you didn't know anything about the context. Yeah, I, I mean, think, was like, the Spawn Ranch like a big deal? Oh yeah, that's yeah. like their headquarters. So I think if well, I mean like, it was, I just I don't know. I, I think if you knew about, I also didn't know anything going in, so mm -hmm. I, I I know your perspective, yeah. but probably if you knew about that, you would feel that tension because yeah. like you know like oh shit, this is a place where crazy things happen. <laughs> yes. It was just weird that they built up that whole scene and then turns out everything was true and the guy was just there all along and I'm like okay. I, I like that about it though. That kind of like it, the movie just keeps pulling the rug on you in ways mm -hmm. that are like. Funny and good. Yeah, well, and it's playing with the tension, like you mentioned earlier, that like we are aware of the Tate murders, you know, looming over this movie. And, right? yeah. So like, of, of course, course, you're just waiting for that. I did not. I did not know, and I still loved the movie. Okay, <laughs> you didn't know that Sharon Tate got murdered. No, I had like heard her name, and I knew she was wow. famous, and I just like 
I shouldn't remember. And I was like, I read like the beginning of the Wikipedia page on Charles Manson and just kind of stopped. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just see the movie. He was kind of a bad dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like how much what I need to know, right? And wow. Turns okay. out a lot. Yeah. Apparently, because I have a totally different reading of this film. From right. So, uh, so in that case, since you didn't weren't even that didn't even have that much information about Sharon Tate, how did the movie theater sequence with Margot oh, Robbie play? That. Yeah, I think it's the best part of the movie. I loved that. Oh, that was another stupid thing on that Forbes article. They were like, you didn't give Margot Robbie enough lines. I was like... Her performance is so good. It's so good. It's yeah. not about lines. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? When she puts on those big glasses. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that, so, that. I love so that whole movie theater yeah. scene. Yeah, and that she, I like that like she is excited and proud of people laughing in yes. such a genuine way, yes. right? Like it's she's not like about she's like becoming a star. Yeah, it's not about like her vanity, but just like genuine surprise that people are enjoying yeah. the thing that she's doing and like appreciation of that. Beautiful. That's great. The thrill of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you guys liked it. I think it's great. I think it might be like Tarantino's best film. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would not. Have, I, I never guess what you like correctly, but I would not have guessed <laughs> yeah. that. That's, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's with Inglorious Bastards. For sure. Yeah, for me, it's still Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie. Yeah. Like that. That one's tip top for me. Oh, oh, the music so good. Yeah. And like it's all just like coming from a radio too, or from a record player. And, oh, and it's like yeah. a good amount of like deeper cuts. Like it's easy to go to like '60s Hollywood music and like you yes. get like mm -hmm. the normal mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't do that, right? Like it. it they feels put like, you in the environment. Yeah. Like hearing the ads, the old ads. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of scenes where they're just driving for like a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's like, no, the only purpose is to get you in the environment. Yeah, oh, just the like, scene when he's driving home to his trailer is incredible. Yeah, I'll watch him like play with his dog and make mac and cheese with no yeah. milk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's God, like a, Brad Pitt. Two thumbs <laughs> he's up. He's a star. Two thumbs up. He looks so much like Paul Newman now. Yeah, I hear it's that. It's weird. Yeah, two really good-looking men look like each other. <laughs> what, you know. yeah. what a shocker. Didn't we like watch all the President's Men and I was like... Uh, Robert Redford looks a lot like Brad Pitt. Oh, probably. I think I've young seen... Robert Redford looks just yeah. like yeah. Him. yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I think I do think there's a truth to like there's a Hollywood like face yeah. face structure that people search for, like casting yeah. agents search for. Yeah, and yeah, those guys have it. Um, all right, uh, my pick for next week. Yeah, unless you had a movie you wanted to talk about. I mean, please. I watched Bride Wars. Oh, please tell us about. I'm sorry. Please tell. I didn't mean to skip over the second half. Of Bride Wars. Yeah. If, you can, if you can find a way to cut me out of that, do that. So, yeah. Bride two Wars. of my friends recently got engaged, and they got engaged like a couple weeks apart from each other. Okay. And then all of my friends, this is like my college group of friends, all of them were like, "Oh my gosh, Bride Wars!" and like posting like Bride Wars memes. What is Bride Wars? Exactly, that's what I was <laughs> okay. And they were like posting all these memes and they were like, oh my gosh, don't get married on the same day. Ha ha. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Uh -huh. Maybe I should check it out. Plus, I just heard an interview with June Day and Raphael and Casey Wilson, who are the writing team on this movie. And I was like, let's check it out. So it's one of those like, like if an alien came from outer space and was like, what's a rom-com? Like show this them Bride Wars. Okay. Like it's... <laughs> bad but like it was also good and basically like it has like a very very predictable plot there's a lot of like mind poison with like traditional gender roles and traditional like terrible like women hating things but i really enjoyed it the basic premise i think is important to the bride war oh absolutely so the war is <laughs> there are two girls who have been best friends since childhood uh -huh. and they went to tea at the plaza 
with their mothers when they were kids. And they saw a wedding happening. So they both decided, when I grow up, I want to get married at the plaza mm -hmm. in June. You mean like that hotel by Fifth Avenue? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> from home yes. Ever from home heard of too? it? <laughs> yes, that plaza. Okay. Oh, yeah, the whole oh, movie is like very like Manhattan glorifying like Great. weirdness. Um, so then like, you know, time passes. They grow up. They're both in relationships. And guess what? They both get engaged around the same time. And they both go to the same wedding planner. And they both plan their wedding at the plaza in June. The wedding planner is Candace Bergman, and she's great. Candace, okay. She's like right. amazing, and she's like, "Girls, girls, I made a mistake. I planned your wedding on the same day." Oh God. Ah! <laughs> so and, she's the worst wedding planner in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then so like then the rest of the movie is just like their hijinks of like trying to ruin each other's weddings. Okay. Like Anne Hathaway sneaks into what's the other girl's name? The actress, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson's like salon and puts like blue hair dye in her hair salon. So like she comes out with really blue hair. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like like they're doing all kinds of terrible things to ruin each other's weddings. But then at the end, the friendship <laughs> perseveres. And they're and both they marry each other. <laughs> I wish. I wish. That would have been great. No, they're like they're they're both standing across the hall from each other at the plaza, like waiting to go into like their weddings with their bouquets in their hand and they like turn and look at each other across the hall and they're just like oh. <laughs> 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 Turns out the real wedding was the friends they made. They made a lot yes. of yeah. yes. So yes. Anne Hathaway is engaged to Chris Pratt. And no. last second she like calls it off. Because yeah. through this through this <laughs> bride war, yeah. here's the well, kicker. Well he turns out he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Through this bride war. They become better versions of themselves. Oh. In the beginning, Anne Hathaway is very shy, doesn't stick up for her, doesn't advocate for herself, uh -huh. and that's probably why she's with Chris Pratt, right? Well, and then know. at the end of the movie, this bride war makes her stronger. <laughs> she becomes a little more aggressive, and she realizes, hey, I don't want to be with Chris Pratt. Okay. And then Kate Hudson is too aggressive at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Get this. They're opposite <laughs> spectrums here. <laughs> she's too aggressive. She's a lawyer. She's like very like forceful. Mm. And she's always like, I get what I want. And then she's like, maybe I've been too aggressive. Mm. Maybe I need to soften up. So the, the middle ground. Yeah, so they both, okay. they both become better people. Oh, wow. So what you say, like they started in one spot and ended in a different place <laughs> to make some sort of arc? Yes. Perhaps? Oh, okay. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. I would say that. Okay. Wow, wow, Bride Wars. Wars. Is this a recommend? Should we watch Bride Wars? I mean, like, get drunk and watch it, I okay. guess. Okay. How'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you feel about Bride Wars? I, uh, I think it's actually funny. I like June Diane Raphael a lot, though, and she's a small role in this film. And her husband, Paul Shear, I like a lot. He also is, like, yeah. very funny in it. Um, and, yeah, I think when it's... Yeah, like when the when it's like jokey, it's like good because okay. like yeah. I think they are they do have like good comedy jobs. When it's trying to be a rom com, it's like uh, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, who does Kate Hudson marry? Oh, uh, oh, a hedge fund manager. No, like who's oh. the actor? They're perfect for each other. You know, um, I don't know. Some, like, He's early like a odds boring some, yeah. guy. Schmuck. Okay, it was it. good. Fine. It's 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 probably like Ryan Reynolds or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Like some guy. Although the the relationship between the grooms to be is actually funny, because they just have like this like kind of broy relationship. They keep calling each other and being like, "These women are crazy, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, they're acting really crazy. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that is basically exactly what I would have anticipated from a movie called Bride Wars. Yeah. Oh, so. wait. I forgot. Oh, okay. At the end, Anne Hathaway falls in love with Kate Hudson's brother, and obviously they've been in love the oh. whole time. Oh, okay. And so they get married, and then they meet at the plaza. This is the last scene. They meet oh. again at the plaza for tea, and they both tell each other that, guess what? They're, They're both pregnant. Well, holy shit. Oh. So Bride Wars 2. <laughs> Send up the sequel. But it never... It was never made. Not yet. Okay. It was based on based on the interview that we heard though, Casey Wilson and Judea Raphael had their friends since college and their lives like kind of paralleled this where they got married around the same time, they had kids around the same time. Sure. And, like, As people do. Yeah, but then they just like took that idea and turned it into this Bride Wars movie where it was like, what if we were like rivals? Yeah. But it was, it was funny, funny to like, like hear that backstory. Story. Yes. Yeah. I think that made it better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Uh, me yes. next? Yeah, you, okay. your choice. So I'm going in an entirely different direction. Um, I have not seen enough Italian movies. Like, I've seen Fellini. I've seen a little bit of Antonioni. Um, I've seen Last Tango in Paris, but that's the only Bertolucci I've seen. Um, so I want to do The Conformist, which is his other big one, and a much more Italian movie, I think, than Last Tango is. Um, this is... 1970, I want to say it's famous for looking really good. That's basically all I know about it at this point. Um, and we'll see how it goes from there. So, Lizzie, thank you so much oh my gosh. for joining us. Such a pleasure. Please come back. I, I it definitely was a, It will. was a hoot. You and guys are the best. If, big fan. Big supporter. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> happy to talk about Tom Cruise anytime. I'm happy to watch Tom Cruise anytime, so let, let's we'll, do it. We'll get back to him eventually. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Next week, the mummy. Scratch <laughs> that. I'm down. The mummy. Um, next week, for real, the conformist. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. If you're liking the show, please follow us on uh, on Facebook. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Google Play. Um, and we'll see you next week for The Conformist.